play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. From the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. I, I had to beat that motherfucker in there. I, I did it with my hand. It, it hurt my hand. This is episode 39, and we have a big episode uh, today. we got a very special guest on the line who we're going to get to very shortly here. We're going to go over the uh, May 9th uh, UFC card. And really, yeah, this is going to be a pretty UFC-focused card. So, uh, yeah, uh, surprise guest on the line. Let's see here. So we have Jake Shields on the line with us right now. How are you doing, Jake? You're doing pretty good. How are you guys? We're doing good. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for taking the time to come on. We really appreciate it. Uh, how have you been doing with uh, the whole coronavirus and all that? You've been staying safe? Yeah, I mean, doing all right. Just a little, just a little bored. <laughs> yeah. Been working out a little bit, but not as much as I'd like. Just trying to trying to keep busy and hoping uh, hoping the stuff passes over pretty soon. Yeah, I know. We're right there with you. We're hoping we can get back to normal uh, sooner rather than later. But, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of people who are really excited that you were coming on. So we got some questions for you. Um, I mean, you got a pretty decorated uh, list of opponents that you took down. I mean, you got Dan Henderson, Robbie Lawler, Tyrone Woodley, Damian Maya, Carlos Condit, and Robbie Lawler, who is one of my favorite fighters all time with a nasty guillotine yeah. choke. Um, so I guess first things first, who would you say is the toughest fighter that you face in your career to date? Man, it's tough because it's fun. Uh, so many good guys. You know, I think five of the champs I beat, and just even the guys. You know, my, my whole record is just stacked. So there's a lot of tough guys. So I guess I was forced to pick one. Probably GSP. He's you know just a complete fighter with uh with you know his his striking, grappling, jiu jitsu. Doesn't really have any big holes in this game. Yeah, that was I, I I kind of figured that might be the choice. So that was another question that I had was where would you rank uh, GSP on the all time list, pound for pound? I mean, those are impossible to really do because, you know, you can't, like, do it just to him with Mighty Mouse. can't ever fight each other. But yep. I think, you know, DSP is definitely uh, – you can definitely make the case for him being number one, that's for sure. Yeah, no, he's I – You know, he's, he's, I, he's a great fighter and had a good run. No doubt. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, yeah, that – okay, next question that that brings me to then. So, you're on a 15-fight win streak. You come in to the UFC. I think you your first win in the UFC was against uh, Martin Campman, correct? Yeah, it's correct, yeah. So then you're thrusted into a title fight with George St. Pierre, and, I mean, you, you go the distance with George St. Pierre. It's not the outcome that you were looking for, but so that fourth round, you catch him with a pretty big right, and you actually you, you open him up a little bit. So what I'm wondering is, because, I mean, most people don't know what's going through the mind of a, of a mixed martial artist at that point in time. So fourth round ends, you're on the stool, you're about to come out for the fifth round. What's going through your mind right there after you just, you, you, I mean, you heard him, he's hurt and you're coming in for that fifth. Yeah. Round. Yeah. I knew I won the round, but then I knew I was probably also down the first three. So I was going out there thinking, you know, DSP is a tough guy to finish, try to go out there and put pressure on him. And, uh, he won the fifth too, but unfortunately it wasn't quite enough. You know, that guy, he just, he doesn't have, like I said, he moves so good. He's a hard, hard guy to hit. Yeah. There was a questionable 50 to 45, on one of the scorecards, which, I mean, we don't have to get into all that, but that was one thing that I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a guy, like we were just saying, pound for pound, potentially the greatest fighter all, all time. And he really, he, he landed a couple shots on you, but for the most part, that's what I, I even remember Joe Rogan talking about. He really didn't do that much damage on you. You did a, a really solid job on the feet of making sure he wasn't able to really touch you up too much. 
Yeah, it wasn't hit too much. I only had to only had any marks on my face. I know he hit me a few times for sure. I remember getting hit. The first first time he popped me, a good jab. I was like, okay, this guy's got like uh, he's not like the knockout power, but he's got like good snap where it kind of hurts to hit you. Yeah. But I mean, after I got the first shot or two, it kind of stopped hurting and was able to uh, start, you know, I think I started taking over the last two rounds. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, I know Nick's got a couple questions for you too here, so I'll pass it over to him real quick. Oh, cool. Okay, rewind a little bit um, to the beginning of your start with mixed martial arts. How did you get your start training MMA with Chuck Liddell in the late 90s? Um, I was actually wrestling in junior college, and, and my coach was friends with Chuck. And Chuck was like, uh, you know, I'd watch UFCs, and Chuck was kind of the local tough guy. I watched a couple of fights, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this looks cool. And, my, and the coach was like, oh, let's go in and, uh, let's go in and you know, try to wrestle him and stuff. And went in there with Chuck, and he was just, uh, you know, surprised me how tough he was because he was a you know, he's a really good wrestler. So you have a good kickboxer, but he's hard to take down, big. And after after going in there and training with Chuck, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is cool. And kept coming in and got addicted. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chuck Liddell is one of the, the pioneers of the sport with UFC, too. So, um, so yeah, I know there was the, the whole – so Dana White got you to come over. Um, so I don't know – how your relationship with his Dana with Dana is, but I was going to ask you on your thoughts on how he's handled this last like month to two months, really. I mean, the guy bought an Island. He was trying to negotiate with uh, an Indian reservation to try to, I guess, get yeah. one over on the sanctions from the government. What are your thoughts on all of that? And how do you think he's handled that whole situation? Yeah. Well, overall, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of Dana. I think it's kind of a prick, but personally, you know, I, I support the way he's handling it. I know a lot of people criticize him for it, but it's uh, we're in a tough situation where it's like the pandemic is here. And it's probably not going going away for a long time so it's not just going to disappear and people need you know we need entertainment like in california we have you know all the weed shops are open so people can come in and buy pot that's obviously going to put people in the same amount of danger as these fights if they're done correctly and it's not like fighters you know people say the fighter safety it's like we're already in danger we know what we're doing we're agreeing to it i say let them fight and it's uh that's what's kind of irritated with gavin newsom who's our governor in california yep. he, he went out of his way to get this fight canceled and said okay you're gonna leave the weed shop open but you're gonna you're not going to respect Indian, uh, Indian sovereignty. This is their, their, their land. Their land, but apparently Gavin Newsom uh, doesn't agree. Apparently he thinks he owns all the Indian land in California, too. Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> so that, was, that, was, kind of just, yeah, that was kind of disrespectful to act like it was in your state when it's not. When it's like, okay, so that's basically him to think he doesn't, uh, doesn't believe in, the, in their uh, own sovereignty and rights. No, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I, go ahead. I can understand people, criticize, I can understand people criticizing Dana, too, because obviously there's there's some danger and stuff, but it's kind of like, what are you going to do? This thing is, uh, you know, it's probably going to be here for a year or two. We, we can't hide out forever. Yeah, and I mean, with a with mixed martial artists, there's no off-season. This is their livelihood. They need to get back into the, the octagon, get back in the ring, and make some money. I mean, this is what they do. Yeah, exactly, guys. I'm sure the fighters aren't, aren't you know, aren't getting unemployment, aren't making money. The guys need to go out there and, uh, and keep getting paid. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so was there anything in particular that, May, that did you and Dana have a rocky relationship? Was there anything particular that caused that, or just overall, just as a person? I mean, I know there's been a lot of reports just, that a lot of overall, people yeah. Just, he's, I don't think he's a great person overall. So he'll be nice to you, but then he'll stab you in the back when he, he's just always out for himself. Yeah, if he feels much. like he can get something from you. Yeah, it's universally, I think every fighter that's known Dana more than a couple of years doesn't like him. The only people here saying positive things about Dana, you know, is some maybe someone he's just signed, someone brand new, they're all excited, like, oh, Dana's so nice, but. Anyone that's dealt with him for years knows he's kind of a selfish prick. But even though I don't care for him, I'll admit he's done a lot for the sport. He's you know had the, he's had that drive to push it in the beginning when the sport wasn't uh, when the sport really needed someone like that. And he yeah. pushed it through tough times. 
he'll he'll do things like this when it's not popular, but he'll keep trying to you know everyone's criticizing him, they trying to go through. But hey, I want to watch the fights. I'm bored. I want to be entertained. No doubt. Yeah, no, I'm sure he knows this is the time to capitalize. To everybody's just like yeah. you said, everybody's sitting at home bored and they need something to watch. So yeah, and the fighters want to fight too, and to be like okay, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of risk, but like I said, you know, the liquor stores are open, the pot stores are open, so yep. people can go get high and high and drunk. But there's no <laughs> there's no risk going to liquor stores. <laughs> Want to pick up your weeds? I know it don't make any sense. I'm sure. I'm hoping. That's why I'm glad we can get back to it uh, this weekend and hopefully go smoothly and no no bumps in the road. Yeah, I think once they get going, it's going to be. Yeah, as long as it happens, we'll let them keep happening. Yeah, no doubt. I know Nick's got another question for you here, so I'll pass it over to him yeah. again. So we know you train jujitsu with Nate and Nick Diaz. Um, we all know Nate Diaz is one of the toughest fighters on the planet. But what is Nate like as a person? Man, he's actually one of the one of the nicest guys. Everyone's always like, uh, they think he's like, you know, attitude all the time. He's always just so nice. I know people are so surprised when they, when they meet him when he comes to just a gym or something, and he's just trains with people, trains with everyone, super super helpful, helps people out. So everyone's always surprised that yeah, you know, him and both both Nick and Nate, some of the loyalists, you know, best honest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with the whole Conor McGregor. Uh, series that he got into, it kind of thrusted him back into the limelight, and he, he kind of got like a, he formed a cult following almost. People have been uh, really flocking to Nate Diaz as of late, and then he had the uh, the title fight with, or the fight with uh, Jorge Masvidal that they had the title made for, so yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have been, Nate Diaz was kind of under the radar a little bit as in to the limelight, I guess, and he's kind of getting his sh- that well-deserved shine. Yeah, no, it's true. Like he always had a big following, but it was like smaller. And after those Conor fights, it's just it's insanely huge. Like, like mainstream celebrities. Like we we're walking around like New York with him after you know just getting everywhere you go, people just stop in. He barely walk through the streets. Yep. And New York's a city where most famous people can walk through without getting like hassled. Like, wow, this is like uh, he's really big time now. Yeah, that's when you knew it was the real deal. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was I don't know. I I think. I want to see him come back and uh, potentially run it back with Masvidal. That was another question I was going to have for you. What did what were your thoughts on that fight? Um, did you feel like it was stopped too early, or did you think it was the appropriate time? No, I think it was too early. With some people, it's appropriate, but Nate's the kind of fighter who doesn't gas, has a real confidence, and always keeps coming. So in his case, I think you know, I think he was still looking good and, and looked okay. I get it. You know, you have those cuts; people want to stop it. But he's a fighter who can go out there and uh, and, and turn a fight around. Yeah, and if he had gone and turned that fight around, that would have been like one of the biggest moments ever. From you know, because people love it when you're losing and turn around and win a fight. That could have been one of those like massive moments again. Yeah, but from a career it, standpoint, it would have been there to give him a little more time. Yeah, because he'd gone there and turned that fight around. That would have been one of those. That was one of those huge comeback fights. And I think he had the he had the ability to do it still. But again, you know, and Masvidal was fighting a good fight. You know, he was definitely winning at that point. But I think Nate still had a chance to go out there and uh, get the win. Yeah, everybody knows that in the championship rounds, that's when the later rounds is when Nate Diaz comes alive. And I felt like he was still, exactly. he still had enough wherewithal. Like he didn't seem like he was out of it. The cut was a bad cut, but it didn't look like it was really running into his eye. It wasn't affecting his vision. And it looked like he was still there mentally. And he, yeah, well, he still had fight in him. Sometimes you can see when a fighter's not really had fight in him, they kind of won out. Nate wasn't, Nate wasn't like that. Once you see that, you see a fighter looking a little bit not wanting to be in the fight. It's a different story. But when someone still got that, they can still win when they got that fire and they're still going out there trying to win. Yep. All right. Uh, so I have two more questions for you. The first yep. one is, so do you have a fighter who is kind of a under the radar fighter? Who's not getting the, uh, who's not really like in the spotlight right now. That's an up and coming guy that we should be paying attention to. Mm, well, I just came back to San Francisco working with Gil and his guys. And we got some, uh, we got some tough guys, 
I mean, but they're all, but we got a bunch of really good upcomers, but they're all kind of new, you know, like four fights and stuff. Yep. So hopefully by next year, we'll have these guys really ready for the bigger show. Awesome. Um, and then obviously this was one of the questions that we, uh, received that, uh, they wanted us to ask you was obviously the biggest fight to be made still right now is the Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. Do you feel that Conor stands a chance in the rematch? Um, yeah, he definitely stands a chance, you know, his stand up so good, but I would, uh, I'm definitely gonna pick Khabib, Khabib is a strong favorite. In my opinion, Conor should definitely win another fight before he does that fight. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to give him that already. You know, if in a layoff, it doesn't make sense to give him somebody else. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a chance. I think Khabib's just a bad matchup for him, the way they match up. Yeah, I mean, I think really his only losses have ever come from submission. So, being, or being, yeah, I think actually all of them have been submissions. So, yeah. I mean, anybody with good wrestling, I, we saw what he did to Chad Mendez, but Mendez was kind of controlling that fight until McGregor got up and caught him with the uh, the left hand. But, yeah, and he's a lot bigger than, you know, he's a lot bigger than Mendez, and his, his wrestling is just he's stronger, better shape. So, it's a, it's a tough fight for Connor. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, Khabib's just relentless. So before we move on to uh, the fight card, do you have? Are you planning on potentially coming back and uh, doing anything, or are you pretty much you feel like you're done uh, competing? Most likely not. I've been focused on the too. I'm not like 100 percent retired. If someone else fights to interest me, I might would do it, but I haven't been out like looking for fights or anything. Okay, yeah. So but yeah, I yeah, still, you're not you know, I still train pretty much every day, same shape, and. Uh, just every day, still doing kickboxing a couple days a week, not as serious, but still, yeah, still training all the time. Awesome, so. awesome. Well, we'd be looking forward to it if you were. We would definitely be tuning in for that. Um, all right, so yeah, we'll I'll pass it to Nick. We'll move over to this fight card real quick, and we'll pick your brain on the uh, the scheduled fights. Okay, great. All right, UFC two forty nine. This cowboy Anthony Pettis fight. It's happening at one hundred seventy pounds. Both guys are coming off of a string of losses. You've bounced back from losses in your career. What advice would you give to those guys who are coming, uh, trying to get back in the win column? Um, I mean, tough. You have to just go out there and not put too much pressure. I think you can get too stressed out about, you know, trying to win. That's, you know, perform as well. And it's, uh, it should be a good fight. You know, they're, they're both tough. It's not an easy fight for either one of them. So if you had to pick that fight, who you think is going to take it? Because, I mean, Cow- Cowboy's obviously coming off of a big loss, a polarizing loss to McGregor with the shoulders. Um if you were if you were picking yeah. this fight, who would it be? Tough because Cowboy is so like um, he'll look great one fight and then not good the next, so yep. it's really hard to predict. I guess I'm gonna go with Pettis. But that's just you know it, it's a tough one. Yeah, I felt like so. Obviously, we were big on the UFC fights, and uh, I was big on Pettis when he fought Tony Ferguson, and then he rocks Ferguson, but he winds up breaking his hand. And I remember yeah. I felt like he could have won that fight against Ferguson, which would have definitely turned. Yeah, like his path in a fight. different direction. Yeah, man, that's a tough sport. Like you said, you know, the, 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 you have these close fights that completely change your whole whole career when one little small thing could go different. It's a tough sport. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, so what's next on the list, Nick? Um, looking at the co-main event, it's a bantamweight title fight between Dominic Cruz and the champion Henry Cejudo. Dominic Cruz is the underdog in this fight. Do you think he has a chance at reclaiming UFC gold? Oh man, that's just really funny. I'm a big fan of both those guys. Um, I think I think he does have a chance. I mean, you gotta you gotta put him the underdog. I'm not gonna disagree with that. Yep. But man, his, he's a guy that can come off a layoff. When was his last fight? You know, I can't remember his last fight was. I think it's been a little while. It's been a while, definitely. I think it was when he he lost to um Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, but he can't. These guys coming off a longer layoff before and done these big wins. If he can come in there looking at his peak and his prime, I can see his footwork giving a lot of trouble to uh. 
lot of trouble to um, Henry. It's a good fight, but you got to give Henry a slight edge. The guy just looks so good the last couple fights. But, I mean, I'm friends with Dominic, and it's a fight I'm excited about. Yeah, no doubt. I think, honestly, I'm taking Dominic Cruz there. I feel like Henry Cejudo, and you can correct me if, if I'm way off here, but I feel like he's just getting wrapped up in the whole theatrics of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is theatrical, but I think he's still training his ass off, and the guy's really tough. He's a fan of good cardio wrestling. But, yeah, I can see Dominic's footwork giving him a lot of trouble. He might be able to get a little edge on He's a little tech, more technical on his feet, but I don't know. Henry's like pressure looked, uh, looked pretty impressive. Yeah, no doubt. So then the main event, we've got uh, Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. I feel like uh, I definitely want to get your pick on this fight, but I feel like there's no way in hell that this goes to dis- to decision. I feel like this is going to end in a stop. Yeah, uh, uh, unlikely this goes five rounds because they both just go, go, go. Both both ton of pressure. Both a little reckless. They both hit a lot. That's why it's a tough fight. You know, these guys, they, they both could, either, either one could get knocked out the way these guys both swing. I think uh, as far as he's good too, Tony's got a big, big advantage, yep. but, uh, but Gates has probably got the wrestling advantage. People don't realize that Gates is a really good wrestler. He just doesn't, uh, doesn't use it very often. Yeah, he doesn't really show because he's just relentless coming forward. He's going to give punishment. He's going to mm-hmm. take it the whole fight too. Yeah, and both, uh, both, both guys have really good cardio too. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of these great fights. And that's what's exciting for the actual for the actual fans of the sport. This is a great fight. I neither one of these guys quite have that marquee name, but for the this card is, is great for like the, the real MMA fans. Oh yeah, the style of fight is going to be extremely exciting because that's what the, most fans want to see the knockouts and all of that. They don't really dive into the technical aspect of it. Yeah. But yeah, no, from a standpoint of just you're gonna you're yeah, gonna yeah, see two people as far as in the middle. Yeah, far as I mean, you know, this is gonna be it'll be hard to imagine this not being exciting. I think worst case scenario is like someone gets knocked out in the first like thirty seconds. <laughs> you can see a fight, you know, which you know you could happen. Someone could catch them, but both these guys, I think, I think are durable too. So I expect this to go a few rounds, and it's hard to predict. But I'll give a slight edge to Tony. But yep. I definitely want to count out Gacy. This guy is tough. Yeah, I mean, I saw when he fought uh, he fought Johnson, and I think it might have been his first fight in the UFC. It was on a fight night, and. Uh, I remember watching that, and he was just there. Was so many there was three or four different times where I thought he was going to go, and then like he was wobbling on his feet, and then just catches Johnson and puts him away. It was, I mean, he's the style is exciting. Definitely, it's going to definitely attract a lot of viewers. Yeah, both these guys they just you know they they take punishment and keep coming. So it's uh, it's an interesting fight, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so let's see, Nick, you got anything anything else for him? Uh, no, I just want to say thanks for coming on. You gave us a lot of good material, and uh, good luck in your future. No doubt. Yeah, I, I, me too. That's what uh, that's what I wanted to say, too. We really appreciate you taking the time. You didn't have to do it with everything going on. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And yeah, no worries. Best of luck with everything sure. going forward, and uh, stay safe. Cool. Good talking to you guys. Yes, All right, sir. Bye. All right, so that was Jake Shields. If you don't know who Jake Shields was and you call yourself an MMA fan, then uh, you need to stop calling yourself an MMA fan. Like we said, this guy's got wins over Dan Henderson, Robbie Lawler with a nasty guillotine choke. Robbie Lawler picked him up. Like, it was basically a standing guillotine choke. Um, Tyrone Woodley, who a lot of people, I don't, but a lot of people have him as a pound-for-pound potential greatest of all time, or at least in his division. I don't see it, but... Yeah, Kamaru Usman put a uh, stop to that. Yeah, Kamaru, same thing. Uh, Damian Maya, who, I mean, Damian Maya's jiu-jitsu is second to none as well. So, he, he... Took out Damian Maya, Carlos Condit. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, I mean, this is one of the most decorated guys. And at, in his heyday, he was the cream of the crop. He was in there with GSP. He took GSP the distance. Um, I mean, yeah, big shout-out to Jake Shields. Can't thank him enough for coming on. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, Jake Shields, he's a guy that is a really good MMA fighter all around. Uh, he's awkward with his stand-up, but uh, – 
he's hard to hit, and then he lands some surprising shots. And what a lot of people have said about Jake Shiro is that he punches a lot harder th- than it looks. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So um, a big thing with Jake Shields, though, is his, his will to fight. He's never going to quit. Yep. And um, that's what you noticed in that GSP fight, the biggest fight of his career, was that, yeah, he lost the first three rounds, but he came back in the fourth round and probably won that round, landed a big shot uh, to GSP, and he busted up GSP pretty bad in that fight. No, yeah, he's, his nose was bleeding. He had a, uh, he had a little mouse under his eye. Um, I didn't understand the 45 to 50 round. That's out of nowhere. And then I think the next two were 48, 47, I believe. So, um, I mean, two judges had it close. They had it pretty damn close. One judge was off in left field. But so, yeah, again, big shout out to Jake Shields. Can't thank you enough. Um, so, yeah, now we're going to break down the card from a betting standpoint and we'll give you our picks. So let's go. What we got? Um, So. I got four fights that I like on this card. Um, some underdogs, perhaps, uh, that could get a win. The first fight that I want to talk about is that Cowboy Anthony Pettis fight. Yep. Because both <laughs> of these guys, uh, Anthony Pettis is coming off two straight losses. Um, and then Cowboy's been knocked out in his last three fights. So uh, Cowboy's lost to Justin Gaethje. He got knocked out by Justin Gaethje. Who's then, fighting in the main event. Then he got knocked out by Conor McGregor. Everybody saw that. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with what Jake Shields said. Sometimes he looks really good and then sometimes he just comes out flat and doesn't perform. So to me, I don't know, Anthony Pettis, it's a tough fight. Just like he said, it's a tough fight to call. He's going to give the edge to Pettis and, and the betters, uh, and odds makers are too, but I'm thinking that Donald Cerrone might be able to pick up a win here and end that losing streak. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm going with Cerrone too. I, I kind of, I've kind of lost hope on Pettis a little bit. Pettis is that wild card. He's got he he the the flair is still there. He's going to go for the explosive knockout or it, the highlight reel. But I think I think uh, Cerrone's jumping right back into the saddle after a, a pretty brutal knockout to uh, from Conor McGregor uh, that we all saw. I think he's going to come out ready to go. He's took a lot. He's taken a lot of heat. He had Stephen A. Smith talking out his ass, talking about how he basically took a dive and this and that. So I think he's going to come out and he's going to shut a lot of people up and he's going to show that he's still got it. I mean, as one of the oldest guys in the sport, he's still out here competing at a high level. So no, I'm going to go with Cerrone as well, who I believe he's the underdog, right? Yeah. Cerrone's a plus 120 underdog. So, I mean, it's kind of, they're looking at it like it could go either way, but uh, you are getting plus money with Cerrone. Yep. Okay, what's next? Um, the next fight that I like, which we may be on different sides, uh, you you like Greg Hardy. He's fighting uh, Jorgen DeCastro. Um, both of these guys don't have a whole lot of uh, MMA experience professionally, but um, Greg Hardy hasn't looked all that good against uh, higher levels of competition. Um, both of these guys have tremendous knockout power, but uh, DeCastro's a... A pretty decent underdog. He's a plus 175 underdog. He coming off of a knockout win against Justin Taffa. Um, I'm thinking that DeCastro might be able to beat Hardy. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with Greg Hardy there. But, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying that Hardy's a lock by any means, but he's looked impressive in the few fights that he has had. Um, obviously, there was the controversial. I think he got DQ'd in one fight. Um or it might have been a no contest, one of the two. So, but I mean, 
when he's on, he's on. He looks explosive. So I'm going to roll with Hardy there. What are the odds on that? Hardy's got uh, Hardy's a, a minus 210 favorite. Okay. Uh, DeCastro's uh, plus 175 underdog. So you're getting good value on DeCastro. Yeah, and Ca- uh, DeCastro's undefeated. Uh, wins, uh, his last two wins have been first-round knockouts. So he's a guy that hits really hard, and um, he seems to be, to me, a little bit more of a technical striker than Greg Hardy is at this time. So, I mean, but you never know. Greg Hardy could have improved. Um I don't know, just to me it's surprising that the odds are this much in favor of Greg Hardy at this particular time. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But, yeah, I'm going to roll with Hardy there. So then uh, what's next? We've got uh, Cejudo and Dominic Cruz. Yeah, Henry Cejudo is a, a big favorite, minus 250. Yep. Um, Dominic Cruz is an underdog, plus 200. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cruz here. That Like we just talked about with uh, Jake, I think, I think his unorthodox style could – give Cejudo some problems. I know Cejudo's pretty relentless, but I do feel, I know like Jake just said, he's been training his ass offshore, but I do feel like he's been kind of getting caught up in the theatrics of theatrics of everything. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I Maybe it just, I might just not like the guy that much. I might be going with Dominic Cruz here, but I know I wasn't a big fan of Cruz's fighting style. I, guess, I don't know. I was a big, I liked Cody Garbrandt um, when he was fighting Cruz and all that. So I was pulling for Garbrandt there, but I mean, Cruz is no joke. Cruz, Cruz is the real deal. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Cruz here. Getting you said plus two hundred. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna definitely go with Cruz there. Yeah, I am too. And same reason you said. I know he's coming off of a long layoff. It's been a few years since he's fought, but um, you know he's a guy that's been there on the side commentating. He's a guy that's always in the gym training. Just like you heard Zeke Shield said, he's still training. These guys never really retire. They just might step out of the spotlight a little bit because, you know, just fighting's in their blood. So they're always going to be in the gym because it's what they know. Yep. Um, Dominic Cruz, technically speaking, is phenomenal in, in all aspects, especially his footwork. Uh, he has a little bit of an unorthodox style and throws unorthodox strikes. Um, Simri Huhuda. Simri Cejudo. Henry. <laughs> Henry Cejudo. Jesus Christ. Lord have mercy. Um, Henry Cejudo is a guy, yeah, he's an explosive guy. He's a good wrestler. Um, Rerudo? He's fast. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a baseball um, player. I'm, I'm going to go with Dominic Cruz here. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm there. I'm with you, but too. Just because I like the odds here, I think that Henry, uh, I think that Dominic Cruz ha- has a better shot than plus 200 at beating him. Okay, and then I see. So you don't like the heavyweight fight? No. Really? Yeah. Why? Not at all. I don't know. It just didn't catch me. As I mean, it'll probably be a good fight. I just don't know which way I would bet it. Well, Rosenstruck, or however you pronounce it, was the guy who. Uh, yeah, it's Rosenstruck. Was the one who. Uh, caught Alistair Overeem in the last, like, 10 seconds and split his lip, like almost punched his lip off his face. Um, so dude's got big power, but he was getting dominated by Alistair Overeem. You got Rosenstruck versus Francis Naganu. I mean, it's number two versus, I think, Rosenstruck's number six in the division. Um, obviously, Naganu's going to be a big favorite here. I mean, just for pure, like, he's got a puncher's chance, but Naganu's the definite superior fighter. Um, it'd be hard to not go with Francis Naganu, but if you want to toss a little bit on Rosenstruck just for having a puncher's chance for the hell of it, um, 
I don't know that that's necessarily a bad idea, but I would not recommend going big on it. What are the odds on that? Do you have it? Um, yeah, Francis Nagano is a minus 280 favorite. Good Lord. Yeah, but Rosenstruck's undefeated. No, I know, but he was he was getting dominated by Alistair Overeem and then uh, caught him with a fucking heavy shot, like split his lips so bad. So, I mean, what? So what is what's the plus money on uh, Rosenstruck? Plus two thirty. I mean, it'd be worth tossing a little bit, but and then you just sit back I mean, and both hope. guys are super big. <laughs> um, Nagano appears to have a weight advantage here yep. a little bit, but um. Yeah, I don't know enough about Rosenstruck to, to really elaborate on this. No, yeah, I'm not going to front like I do either. Um, I definitely remember watching him knock the shit out of Alistair Overeem after getting dominated pretty much the whole fight. Other than that, I haven't seen this guy fight too much, um, but he did not look good in that fight. He caught him with a heavy, heavy shot and put him away. So uh, props to him. But Francis Nagano is no joke, one of the best guys in the division. Uh, and the odds, the odds definitely dictate that. Um, yeah, and the heavyweight division is in a weird Weird place right now as yeah. far as uh, people challenging for the title and all that. No, oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they've been doing some questionable things like throwing uh, throwing Derek Lewis into a title fight. Yeah, but I, that's because they just didn't have. I, I wonder why they didn't make the the uh, Stipe Cormier rematch quicker than they did. It seemed like it took a little bit more time than it should have. But well, I think um, Cormier was up in the air talking about retirement and. Uh, I think he eventually said he'll only come back to fight Stipe. Because then the, there was the whole John Jones shit going on, and is he going to come back and try to fight John Jones for a third time? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that was what was up in the air with him uh, mulling over the possibly retiring. So, but, yeah. So but, I, think, I mean, he fought Derek Lewis. No, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know then. They, they thrusted him into the spotlight because he got a lot of attention from – the whole balls are hot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went viral and blew up real quick. So I think, uh, and and Cormier knew. I mean, Daniel Lewis wasn't polished enough to hang with Daniel Cormier. Um, I, I mean, he would have had to catch him with a big shot. But, and I mean, the fight pretty much showed that. But, I mean, I love Derek Lewis. I hope he does get another title shot in the near future. Um, but, yeah. So, okay, I think we've covered all of the fights, except we didn't go over Ferguson and Gaethje, right? Or did no, we? we didn't. Okay, so, yeah, main event. Like we were talking about with Jake Shields, it's going to be a hell of a fight. I mean, these are two guys, uh, very unorthodox style with Tony Ferguson, very good jiu-jitsu. Um, I think it was you pointing out that he always seems to catch somebody with an elbow. Um, he loves to throw the elbows. He, he hits you in weird angles. Justin Gaethje is a guy who, um, like Jake Shields said, has very good wrestling and his cardio is off the charts. But he is a guy who is going, he's going to continuously move forward and he's going to take punishment, and he's going to give punishment. So we saw it with, I think, Eddie Alvarez kind of pieced him up pretty good, knocked him out, if I remember correctly, and then Poirier knocked him out. Um, but that's what he said. He's going to go out on his shield. He's going to either go in, and it, it it's going to be a highlight fight every time he fights pretty much is what he's telling you. So this is going to be one that you do not want to miss. It's going to be a hell of a fight. I think you're getting pretty good odds on Gaethje. Um, Plus 150. Yeah, I mean – I'm going to go – it's hard to put your name on it because Tony Ferguson's really, really good. But I'm going to go with Justin Gaethje. It, it could be a little bit because I really like the guy. I've, I've watched every fight that he's had so far. Um, yeah, I'm going to lock that in. I'm going to go with Justin Gaethje. You know, I think when you look at this fight, just like Logan said, I mean, 
both of these guys are are guys that press forward. They throw a lot of uh, strikes. They do damage to their opponent, but they're also susceptible to taking damage. Um, and here's why I'm going to go with Tony Ferguson in this fight. I just think that when you look at it, I think that Tony Ferguson uh, has the better ability to uh, withstand damage than Justin Gaethje does. I think that uh, if you ask me, um, yeah, we think that this fight's definitely going to be uh, not go to a decision that someone's going to finish this fight, and I just think that Tony Ferguson has a better chance of finishing Justin Gaethje than Justin Gaethje has finishing Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I will say, in pretty much every single fight, if you go back and watch it, almost every fight, Tony Ferguson gets rocked, and then he comes back and wins the fight. Justin Gaethje has a problem where the— he gets punch drunk, it seems, uh, pretty quickly, where he, he can take some damage, and he's going to keep coming back, but his legs start getting, he starts getting noodle legs, and it, it he's, his center of gravity starts getting thrown off a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I don't know that, uh, I think Ferguson can take much more punishment as compared to Gaethje, um, and still be able to come back and keep giving it, I guess, but... I mean, both of these guys are really good, uh, and, and I like to go with the plus money, I guess. Um, so, yeah. No, I mean, that's definitely... Do you think there's any chance that this fight goes to, decision? goes to the ground? Oh, to the ground? Potentially, but... I mean, it's going to take a big shot. Whoever gets hit with a big shot is going to probably then try to go to the ground because um, both guys are pretty pretty good on the ground. Different styles, but both very good in their respective styles. So... Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. That and if it'll go to decision. If I'm betting, if I'm, I'm definitely betting a knockout, and then you're just hoping for the round. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't see it going to de- to decision. And then yeah, I think it could potentially go to the ground, but not for very long. This isn't going to be a predominantly on the ground fight. I feel. Yeah, I I feel like it's going to um, be a primarily on the feet. I don't. It could go to the ground if um, let's say like. Someone hurts someone else, and then uh, they go try to get the finish with a ground and pound or something like that, and then they get caught in a, some submission. Yep. Um, but, yeah, who knows? I mean, this fight is going to be exciting. It's probably one of the most exciting fights that the UFC could have made, and it was made kind of by an accident because mm-hmm. uh, Khabib had a pullout of the first time they were going to fight, but that wouldn't have happened anyway, and then now... Oh, yeah, from an For religious purposes, Khabib uh, doesn't fight during this time yeah, period. Ramadan. So, yeah, Ramadan. Um, yeah, no, from, a, from an excitement standpoint, this is going to be a way, style-wise, this is going to be a much more exciting fight than Khabib and Tony Ferguson, in my opinion. These these two guys, I'm telling you, this will not go to decision. I'll be shocked. If this goes to decision, both guys are going to look like they just got in a car wreck. So I'll be shocked if it goes to, de- to decision. And, yeah, from a style standpoint, this is the most exciting fight we could have got. So... I'm happy. I'm definitely going to be watching it. I'm going to be betting on it every way possible. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to get back to some normalcy in the uh, the sports world. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm too. And then we got NASCARs coming back a yeah, week after the 17th. this. Yep. So, um, I think it's Darlington. We're getting a little bit back to normal. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, no, I was reading today that the, the – uh, that they're working some things out to potentially have fans in the football stadiums. Um they're planning for the Super Bowl to have fans. Uh, so I, I, it's going to get back to normal sooner rather than later. I'm feeling much better from a football standpoint of getting there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, college football still 
I feel good about the NFL. College football still up in the air a little bit, but we uh, we shall see. Um, so yeah, before we go, did you hear about the uh, the Asian giant hornet that's going around? I heard a little bit about it. What's up? It kills people. Uh, yeah. Well, they said it kills like fifty people per year in Asia. Asia's fucking slaughtering us right now. Um, but. They they're saying it'll decimate the uh, the honeybee population. That thirty they put they had like I read an article like thirty of these bees uh, like annihilated thirty thousand honeybees in like a matter of hours, and they like ripped their heads off. So it's not even just they kill them. They, so like, they're in the them. U.S. now. Yeah, they're up in like the Washington area apparently. Um, mm. So they said we have two years to eradicate them, or else our honeybee population is going to be uh, uh, gone pretty much. So Asia is doing everything possible. To just fuck us up, they're they're leaving no stone unturned. Um, I read something today. It was like, oh well, you just passed the uh, you just passed the April level. Now you now you're into May, and you get the uh, the Asian giant hornet. Like, what's next? What's coming in June? Um, but yeah, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but it kills people too. Yeah, they said it kills like. 50 people per year, which is more than sharks. Um, <laughs> but all right, guys, I think that will wrap up episode 39 of Big Easy Bets. Again, huge shout out to Jake Shields for coming on. That was awesome. Um, he didn't have to do that with everything going on, but took time out of his day and gave us some really good insight and some backstory on a hell of a career that he had. So big shout out to Jake. Can't thank him enough. Um, and I think that'll do it for me. You got anything to say before we go? Yeah, special thanks to Jake Shield. Um, hell of a fighter. One thing, you know, that I, I liked about him was that he he always showed a competitive nature in there, never never willing to give up. And uh, that's a big shout-out to him and all those guys he trains with over there. So, um, yeah, let's make some money on these UFC bets, huh? No doubt. So, yeah, guys, next episode, 4-0. 40 consecutive weeks of putting out a podcast. So we're going to uh, come up with something good for that episode for sure. So, all right, that'll wrap up number 39. Uh, y'all be on the lookout for 40, and y'all have a good one. Who dat? We just got to do what we do. We play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish small. Yes, from the top. One, two, three, four, four.